I guess. The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome, foolish mortals, to the season finale of Horror Hotel, a PoppyChuloRadio.com original series, Poppy Chulo Radio, pop culture on demand. I am your host and hotel owner, Jeffrey Aruz. We're so glad you could check in. We've been dying to have you. Here on Horror Hotel, we are going to explore some of Hollywood's scariest, most frightening, and creepiest films. Please welcome my co-hosts, Night Manager, Legionnaire. Oh, there's too many white people, I get nervous. Same here. <laughs> and Night Auditor, Mark Estes. I am the T.S. motherfucking A. We get shit done. <laughs> That's what I heard. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> The TSA with some DSLs. Bam! Someone out there got it. It sounds like it was Legionnaire in this group. (laughs) Before we head on over to the ballroom, let's stop by the front desk where one of our bellhops has a few special announcements. Good evening. We thank you for your patronage. Please step all the way in and make room for everyone. There's no turning back now. (laughs) I didn't mean to frighten you prematurely. The real chills come later. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash p c r horror hotel. Follow Panpichulo Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and YouTube at Panpichulo Radio. For more information on Horror Hotel, visit panpichuloradio.com slash horrorhotel. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at panpichuloradio.com. Help support Panpichulo Radio financially by visiting gofundme.com slash panpichuloradio. Are you interested in joining the Panpichulo Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at panpichuloradio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Panpichulo Radio programs by visiting panpichuloradio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through iTunes. Just search for Panpichulo Radio's Horror Hotel and subscribe. Now, grab some popcorn and some snacks. You may step into the ballroom. It's time for your feature presentation. 
Thank you. It's time to fire up the film projector one last time so that we can discuss 2017's Get Out. Here's the official synopsis of the film. Chris and his girlfriend Rose go upstate to visit her parents for the weekend. At first, Chris reads the family's overly accommodating behavior as nervous attempts to deal with their daughter's interracial relationship. But, as the weekend progresses, a series of increasingly disturbing discoveries lead him to a truth that he never could have imagined. Alright, y'all know my question. So for the final time this season, I am asking, had you ever seen 2017's Get Out? Let's start off with uh, Legionnaire. I have. I've seen it and seen it and seen it. Mark? Yep. Yep, I had to go see that bad boy as soon as it hit the theaters. And I, you know, so, yes. Very much great movie. Great crowd I saw it too. But... Nice. And I had as well. So, we're all on the same page. I'm excited. Alright, so let's get into it. Let's break it down. And, uh, you know, let's discuss this. So, Jordan Peele, famously of Key and Peele, uh, wrote it back in 2009, if I'm recalling correctly. And the only thing that he changed, I think he changed the intro and i think he changed the ending yep the ending. i actually read the original script and the ending was darker um but um it isn't a quote-unquote happy ending although it kind of is a quote-unquote happy ending if you think about the state of mind of um, mm. the main character because he seems exactly. satisfied with what happened yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was really interesting. Did y'all by any chance listen to the commentary track about why he decided to cut that scene? Um, well, actually, well let's actually, let's, you know what, we can break it down. Yeah. Uh, because, I mean, the movie is still, I think, fresh in everyone's mind, so we don't necessarily have to go in any type of order, to be quite honest. Because all of it is good, if, if, <laughs> if I can be frank. Um, so, for those out there that don't know, the original ending actually has Chris go to jail. And um, if I recall correctly, I think the final scene is him getting questioned by a detective or somebody law enforcement wise. And they keep on like asking, you know, what exactly going on? What was going on? You know, all this proof of this, you know, can you tell us? Can you tell us? And basically, he doesn't respond, and, like, the scene ends with almost, like, him having almost, like, a satisfied look on his face or something like that. And that's, like, the end of it, if I recall correctly. Um, he was talking to... Yeah, he, um, he was talking was to talk- Rod. Oh, he was talking... Oh, okay. And and he was like, you know, you need to tell the truth or something like that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You need to really... You need to tell him what really happened, tell him what really happened. And he was like, well, it's, it's so fantastic, they're not going to believe it, but... It, it's fine because I stopped it. Was basically how the scene unfolded. Yeah, and he and um, Jordan Peele said that one of the reasons why he changed the ending was because a lot of people had become more, and I'm doing air quotes, woke and baby creep. 
and he said that he also wanted to um, give it a, especially all the shit going on in reality. Mm-hmm. He said they, they they needed a hero, and you know a hero that actually you know made it. You know what I'm saying? And so he decided to change it. Plus, he also said that even though he set it up to be like you said, Jeff, where Chris had his freedom, he had his mind back. You know what I'm saying? And, mm-hmm. and that's what he was saying. Like he told Rod, like, yeah, you you're chasing a you know. A dream, you know what I'm saying? You're trying to do all this extra stuff, though, but it don't matter. I stopped it. I had a little pushback to that. I usually don't do that when creators tell you what their um, what their what what, what they've been with their um art. I don't like to go against creators um when it comes to their art. The only pushback I had to it though was the fact that there's still other you know those couples that group. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And who's to say that they didn't have somebody else who knew how to do that, um, work that technology, you mm-hmm. know? And so that's why I was like, no. There's a hint of that, actually, in the yeah. movie, if yeah. you think about it. Because uh, at uh, one point when they're having uh, the gathering, there's an Asian man there. And I was reading like, through, like, Easter eggs and stuff online, and one of the reasons why there's an Asian man there, and if you also notice, he has a different colored bingo card from everyone else, is the fact that, um, well, first off, Jordan Peele is a huge fan of horror movies. Like, he loves horror movies, and there are little winks and nods to things like um, The Shining, The Stepford Wives, uh, and Rosemary's Baby throughout the entire movie and, and others as well. And um, when he saw Rosemary's Baby, in that scene at the end when the cult is revealed, there's an Asian character there. And it's supposed to lead to the idea, at least in Rosemary's Baby, that this satanic cult is international. That, you know, there there might be other sort of subsects, subsects of, is that the right word? Yes, I think, mm-hmm. of yeah. uh, the cults like elsewhere. And so the idea in Get Out is that, you know, there might be an international chapter of this as well, per se. It leaves sort of that hint. Yeah, and the name of the, mm. and the, name of the place, Coagula, that doesn't sound, you know, too American. I'm just saying, it's just like that just sounds like some ancient cult. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I might have mispronounced it, though, but I know it's, it had a funny ring to it, a funny sounding name to it. But what, what was that, Legionnaire? Yeah, it had some really bizarre name. I was trying to recall it myself, but it's not It's not coming to me right now. Yeah, so I was like, and I know somebody else said, I've read a whole ton of different articles saying that the Asian guy was there because it just goes to show you that Asian people don't think much of black people either. They think that they're the equals of um, white people and stuff like that. And I would love to hear the article that I read the article that you read, Jeff. I will send it to you. It was there. There are several articles Mm -hmm. out there that are just like Easter eggs of Get Out, and uh, it was in one of the Mm -hmm. Easter eggs. Actually, I think in in two of the Easter Mm -hmm. egg articles, it it mentioned the Asian character because I hadn't noticed that his bingo card was different as well. So there's Mm -hmm. that. Yeah, yeah. Go back and watch it for a fourth time. (laughs) I know, right? It's it's fantastic. So. Because this movie is so fresh and new, we all 
individually, kind of experienced it together. So what I want to ask is, when the initial trailer dropped, I believe it had to have dropped like last fall at some point, what did you all think this movie was? Like, what was going in your mind? Because I'm sure, like, all of us, like, when we watch a trailer, we're like, okay, that's kind of this. Okay, it looks like it's kind of going to be kind of like that. I know when I watched it, I was like, okay, this looks very much like the Stepford Wives, but, Mm. you know, Mm. instead of, uh, you know, those getting victimized being women, you know, it's going to be a black man or or black people that are getting sort of victimized in this Stepford Wives kind of way. That was the first thing that I thought of when I saw the very first trailer. And I was like, if it's that, if they just stick with that, then I'm fine with it. Like, I think it'll be an interesting story because I'm sure uh, Jordan Peele will will put his his own um, twist on it. Obviously, it was more than just that, but there was still sort of like uh, the essence of a Stepford Wives type of thing in it. And and I I really liked the twist that uh, Jordan did. But what was everyone's sort of like initial take when you saw the trailer for the very first time? I thought the same exact thing, Jeff. Uh, I was excited because... I haven't seen the original stuff for Wives. I only saw a couple of the horrible sequels. But you, I got you the saw the Nicole about, Kidman. I saw the yeah. first half of that one. I'm talking about the old one, the one that oh, my okay. mom said she saw because mm. I did see the last scene of the original one because they, they were they were marathoning them on Lifetime of All Places. You know what I'm saying? And so I think I missed the first one and went into the second one, one of the spinoffs or whatever. Um, but I got the idea of what it was about, what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, and it's still creepy because even with those women in the Stepford Wives movies, it was like they're taking the, they, they want the, it was the patriarchal white male taking away these women's voices and their souls just mm-hmm. so they can uh, appease them. And you apply it to some black people that elevates that to even more terror. Cause I remember people mm. when the trailer came out, it was like a meme. It turned to a meme. Like, I bet you can't make it through this trailer. Like, you got to watch this trailer. No, black folks, this be a movie. The black folks will be too scared to go see. And I said, no, they need to go see this movie because we need more movies like this. Because um, it, it was, I knew it was, I knew that it was going to be a game changer. I just knew it once I watched the trailer. I heard about the movie being filmed. And I'm not going to lie, I was kind of like Jordan Peele doing horror. I said, then again, I'm like, horror does have some comedic elements in it if it's done well. And so mm. I I was like, I kept hearing about it, but I kept, didn't see a trailer. And then when the trailer finally hit, I was like, oh yeah, oh yeah, I cannot wait for this movie to fall. Not to fall, but to, um, to drop in February. And you were hoping for the movie to fall? No, Jeff. See, somebody <laughs> oh, take okay. a step and go run with it. I'm, I'm, telling like, <laughs> Jordan, I'm telling Jordan Peele. See, that's what I'm talking about. Don't do that, because I'm trying to get his social to follow me on Twitter. Don't do that. Oh, okay, sounds good. <laughs> Oh, Legionnaire, what about you? Um, I hadn't really seen it. I mean, I had heard about it, but I hadn't really seen any trailers or anything like that before. Oh, so you kind of went in fresh? So I went in pretty fresh, other than having a, you know, only the vaguest idea of what it was about. Because I've seen, I had seen the memes, of course, that had popped up all over the place afterwards, but uh, still didn't really give me, you know, a... you know, a whole lot of a clue of what the movie was about. So I went in pretty, pretty fresh, I think. Okay. 
So let's talk a bit about the cast. Because I think they did a really great job casting the movie. Yes, we've got Daniel Kaluuya as uh, Chris Washington, our protagonist. Allison Williams, yes, Brian Williams' daughter, as Rose Armitage. Bradley Whitford as Dean Armitage. Catherine Keener as Missy Armitage. And, oh, we got to give a shout out to Betty uh, Gabriel as Georgina. Yes. Yes, our girl. Erica Alexander. Mm-hmm. Detective Latoya. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, did anyone else stand out in the cast? Well, uh, Lorel. Yeah, oh, yes, Lorel. yes, yes. Lorel as, as Rod. Mm-hmm. Yes, Lorel Howry as uh, Rod Williams. And I thought the cast was on point. Like, I don't know how... Um, Betty did what she did, but she did the damn thing. Yeah, it was awesome. It was awesome. Yeah, as you're watching it the first time, like, you really don't know what's going on. But then re-watching it after knowing what's going on and to see her have to play two people was, like, brilliant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah, because I've seen it, I've seen it in the theater twice. And then, of course, uh, when the Blu-ray came out, I was all over it. Wow. Again, I, so I started picking out and, and pointing out all kinds of fun things. What did you all think of Daniel Kaluuya as the lead? I hadn't seen him in anything before, but I know he's he was featured in an episode of Black Mirror. Yeah, that was the first time I saw him yeah. in an actual serious role. Hmm. I first saw him in Skins. Um, he played a, actually a character on the show. He was the only black, but well, actually he wasn't. He was the character on the show called Posh Kenny, where he was very hood hmm. with the group. But then when he got around like adults, he started talking like very posh and like very, you know, like proper and everything. This is and the then, UK version of Skins. Yes, the UK okay. version, the better version. Um, he's also another horror movie that just dropped on Shudder about like, online chat rooms or something like that. I forgot what the name of it is, though, but... It's yeah, called so Don't Enter the Chat. That sounds mm. bad, but that's not what it's called. <laughs> it's called The Chat Room. I don't think it's called it either. Oh, well, close enough. But yeah, so I was mad, though, because when the Blu-ray came out, it came out on my birthday, and nobody thought to sit there and get that for me for my birthday, and I was a little pissed mm. off. Oh, and just an FYI, it's actually called Chat Room. Um, so It is called Chat Room? Yes, you're welcome. <laughs> I didn't think it was, I thought it was something, okay, I'm sorry, shit. No, it's okay, no, I was just <laughs> guessing, but um, you can go and continue on bitching about people not buying it for you. Yes, because that was a damn, <laughs> that was a travesty. I say, okay, Get Out comes out on May 23rd, that's my birthday, and... I would like to have a DVD or Blu-ray, rather. And they're like, okay, well, don't worry, I'm going to have your copy. I'm like, nobody took the bait. It is June 3rd, and I still never seen my copy of Get Out yet. And so I just said, okay, fuck, I'm going to have to go buy it myself. So that's what I did. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Anyone else in the cast, like, impress you a lot? Like, did anyone's character sort of stick with you? Lakeith Stanfield from Atlanta. Yeah. Um, Oh, yeah, he was so good. 
his opening scene was it gave me Drew Barrymore, Casey Becker realness. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> it wasn't as long, but it was just still creepy. Just the fact that he's walking. It kind of, it turned us it turned the script, if you get what I'm trying to say. It because usually it's like, you know, you know, neighborhood and like you if I say like if you know black neighborhood, you see I'll see some like lonely white person walking down there always like clutching their purse, they're like holding on to themselves, walking through this bad neighborhood or this dark alley or this dark, you know, forest or something like that. But it's like this black man walking down this well-lit, very posh mm-hmm. neighborhood. You love the word posh tonight. I, I, love, I do love it. Um, I'm going to call you Posh Spice. Okay, I'll mm. um, <laughs> But think about it. You're walking down a nice neighborhood and then you're a black man. And that's, that's the biggest fear because it, go, it, it echoes so many elements of you know racial profiling you know mm-hmm. you're not supposed to be this neighborhood so he's worried about like a cop or somebody like right, calling exactly. cops on him and instead it's just like some random car comes and like takes him out you know what i'm saying and who's to say that hasn't happened before you know so yeah and nobody's when looking for him you know that's the even crazy part about it true that's true yeah. oh and then to see him later in the movie how he went from playing Ned to playing the, you know, well-spoken Logan, and mm-hmm. you know, just, I'm like, people sleep on Lakeith Stanford. I cannot wait for his next movie to come out, but he's a great actor. Yeah, I give him props. That was really good. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Chris and Rose, because at the start of the movie, we're introduced to both. I will give her props. She bought, like, some dope-ass, like, donuts. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, like the one of the freaking first shots of the movie, like, after, the, you know, the opening, you know, with Redbone playing in the background. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. But, um, she's in a freaking donut shop, and it looks like it's, like, artisanal donuts. It's not, like, no offense to, like, the Dunkins and, um, the Krispies, but it looks like it's, like, you know, like, I don't know. I I wanted a donut so bad. I'm just saying. <laughs> it definitely it looked like the good donuts. Yeah. No one else likes the donuts? Fine. The Legionnaire and I will eat them all. So let's talk about them. What did you all think of them in the beginning? Mm, well, she was very, um, you know, she was very much the... the the liberal white girl that was dating the black guy and, you know, didn't tell her parents that her boyfriend was black because it just didn't occur to her to mention it. And it was all like, uh, okay, girl, really? You about to roll this man out into the country and... Guess who? They do. And they don't know. So, of course, I was all, you know, I was all guess who's coming to dinner, guess who, all that stuff came to mind naturally. Yeah, all they needed was a uh, Bernie Mac and Sidney Poitier. <laughs> right. Did you all notice anything suspicious when they get stopped by the police? No, and I was so glad you brought up this scene because I had an argument with a friend of mine. In but... retrospect, I did. Oh, you did? You noticed it the first time? I I did. I didn't notice it the first time, but when I looked, when I watched it again, I it it 
there were things that occurred to me. You're like, I see what you're doing there, bitch. There was there was there was a couple of things that occurred to me. Because if you stop and think, because they had to disappear this guy, when he asked Chris for his license, she stepped right up and gave him Thanks. hers. And the re- but if you think about it, she couldn't let the officer take his license because he would have ran both of his licenses and yeah. he would have had a record of them being together. So she yeah. couldn't have that. Thank you. And I, but now initially, I didn't get that legionnaire, but a mutual friend of ours, we got into a debate about mm-hmm. they they are, they are dead said that the cop was in on. I said he wasn't because that's no, the case thing no. that he could have easily pinpointed where Chris was if Rail had sat there, you know, and actually, you know, right. ran the numbers or something like this. So they cop. Yeah. But initially, I was like, okay, go ahead, girl, with your, um, you know, protecting your man. But looking back in, right. I was like, right. you know, it makes sense now because mm. if he'd ran them, them, but it is telling that the cop um, let it slide. You know what I'm saying? Because she called him out on his bullshit. Mm-hmm. But I think Chris, because you know Chris, look probably looking back like, yeah, I kind of wish he hit, hit a random damn license or something like that. But at that point in time, I mean, I didn't catch it. I mean, at, initially because right. I honestly, God thought until that moment where the twist happens, where I thought that she was really not involved. Even with, even though right. I saw the pictures and I said, well, maybe who's to sit there and say her mom's a hypnotist? So how do we not know that she didn't sit there and do something to her daughter too? Exactly. Like, you know, they're not, but I can say like, for her. I, I mean, I, well, because she, Allison Williams gave, she played their role. You're you know, like, this like, is Brian Williams' daughter. Like, I trust her. Brian Williams, the um, anchor? Yes, that's his daughter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. I did not know that. Okay, learn something every day. <laughs> but no, because I was just like, the reason, one of the reasons why, because I needed somebody in Chris's corner. Yeah, you were like, I believe in their love. Not just the love, it's just that, hell, if Georgina had snapped out of it, I'd have been like, okay, we need to sit there and make sure she said, okay, because I just needed somebody in Chris's corner. I know we're getting ahead of ourselves, but mm-hmm. it's just that you surrounded by fuckery. Right. And exactly. you have nobody in your corner, how can you possibly get out of this situation? Exactly. So, that's why I was rooting for her to be actually legit. It makes sense now. I cannot stand when somebody white tells me how mad I am, how mad I'm supposed to be as a black person. That irks the hell out of me. Mm. And I, because mm. that, it's like sometimes, because even when she, because she kept on going with it when, when, um, during like her brother, you know, she was up there brushing her teeth and Chris was in bed like, mm hmm. Because he was so chill. He was yeah. so chill. And she was like, but this, 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 and this, 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 and this, this, this. And he's like, yo, just chill out. <laughs> All your parents right. Just, it's like, you know, girl, it's, it's, it's fine. We here. Yeah. We're going to deal with it. We're going to work through it. It's fine. <laughs> you're overdoing it. And you need to chill mm-hmm. the fuck out right now. Because it, to me, exactly. it seems like, because again, you want me to be this mad. And then when shit does pop off, who's going to be the one to go to jail? Me. Right. Exactly. You, you know, so that's why I just tell some of like, my white friends on Twitter and Facebook of ones I grew up with. I understand y'all mad, but don't be like, Mark, what do you think about this? Just because I'm black, I'm this and mean, I'm, I'm, I'm upset, I'm angry, but I'm not going to get belligerent to sit there and appease your anger. You know what I'm saying? So that's the right. thing, you know, right. so that's how I feel about this. So yeah, I did get a little bit annoyed, but I was like, she's probably nervous 
and I was still <laughs> like, please be legit because this man needs somebody in his corner because Braille's all the way across the country, and you mm-hmm. know, so yeah. And she, she did buy the donuts. <laughs> Those donuts look so fucking good, and they were so fucking big. Like I'm just, I can't. Anyway, um, we'll talk about the parents in a moment. Let's first talk about Chris meeting Georgina and Walter. So taking your mind like back in time like as you're watching this the very first time like what did you all think was going on especially with those two i thought they were they had their souls wiped or something i mean yeah this if i had been chris and i walked if as soon as i drove past walter i'm like okay he looks kind of off and I, that wasn't going to be like a, a race thing because technically some i know so many people around here who get like mentally, you know, disabled people to do their yard work for them. So I probably wouldn't have flinched at that. But when I walked to the kitchen and saw Georgina looking all Betty Crocker esque and like she just stepped out of the nineteen sixties made catalog or something like that. Mm-hmm. I would have started like probably freaking out then. Right. Right. Mm. Cause it was just it was Yeah, just so it's one of those things where it's like, okay, there's something odd here. But you can't put your finger on it. You just know that it's odd. It's like, okay, what's going on with these people? <laughs> and okay. I, f- I felt like they shot themselves. The Armitage family shot themselves in the foot. It's kind of, they, they got to the point where they became, what's the word I'm looking for? Bold, for lack of a better word. Mm-hmm. Bold. Because that was the grandmother and the grandfather. It's like, okay, you don't want, first of all, they underestimated I think underestimated black people or just Chris and Chris or just black people in general, excuse me, because we can put, it's like they, it's like they wanted to get caught. You know what I'm saying? And that's the thing that kind of irks me. Cause I'm like, y'all could have had them go somewhere like grandma, grandpa, y'all go do something somewhere else because mm-hmm. y'all are very off putting, you know what I'm oh saying? Oh my <laughs> gosh. Anybody, right. Well, I think they wanted to keep their eye on them to be quite honest. Yeah, I think that's part of it, too, because it was like, you know, you all are clearly... Y'all not, are like the prototypes. Yeah, and you all are not playing, not going to play your role well, but, uh, you know, we still need to watch you. Yeah, and on top of... Well, I get, I, 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 I can see that. I, 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 I would um, concede to that. I, I guess it's just the fact that y'all... And it, it goes back to the whole white, Privilege. I won't say white privilege, but just just the well, no white privilege because yeah. they didn't sit there and look at it as like this is all putting because mm. all they saw was was the black people's bodies. That's all they saw was yeah. their bodies. They didn't sit there and just take account for their souls. And I'm not saying they had to be like when they met him like oh give me dap or anything like they're just the fact that they look soulless. And I think it was a picture that they made. Somebody drew a painting rather when the movie first came out of Georgina just looking just black and soulless, that is creepy. It is so creepy mm-hmm. because it, I don't know. It just, that that's a symbolic image is to see that this woman is holding this teacup or this jar, this pitcher, and it's just looking completely soulless. It looks like the, a, a symbol of the feet, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, but yeah, that, it irked me because I'm thinking like either y'all could have just told them, just held them off a little bit. 
or just got him comfortable enough to the point where he's been like, you know, okay, I guess. But at the same time, I'm glad they were there to give Chris um, something to like take note of. And the fact that they gave him the the um, skill or the um, or Jordan Peele gave him the career of being a photographer, he sees things mm-hmm. that other people right. don't see. It's a call back to the Stepford Wives. In the exactly. Stepford Wives, she was a photographer too. Yes. Oh, oh that's, I, that I did not know. Okay. Yes. yes. There's a reason for Thank everything. You. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I need to watch the commentary. Though. I was going to watch the commentary track when we get through um, doing the um, um, podcast because I would love to see the commentary track. There you go. And Georgina, I mean, Georgina was a fighter because her real persona kept on fighting through and kept on trying to warn Chris. And unfortunately, it came off that she was, like, disturbed or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, he never fully caught on in the beginning, like, what Georgina was trying to do. Because Georgina really was trying to help in certain points. And a part of me feels that they were, like, recently transplanted. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, it might be because black is in. So maybe they were a different color, a different race before, maybe. <laughs> it's creepy to think that they could just sit there and just use. But it's just like, because you have to ask yourself, and I know I'm probably getting ahead of ourselves, all those pictures, those guys, like, where did they go? You know what I'm saying? Like, where are they? Like, did they, were they failed experiments? And was Georgina right. Walter and, um, Logan or Dre rather, were they right, were they were they the the actual success stories? Exactly. She was a fighter and even Walter actually it wasn't no Walter wasn't because when he started to smoke outside and Walter started running towards him, that was grandpa. Yeah, because <laughs> the whole Jesse Owens thing. Yeah, that was that was grandpa. Yeah. That wasn't like Walter saying like, you know, I'm finna try to scare you off. No, that was Grandpa saying that. Don't you smoke on my property. You know what I'm saying? And so... And I love that moment, because we don't know what's going on, like, the very right. first time you watch it, but when Missy accidentally uh, um, clicks the um, the glass, and, like, Georgina goes into the sunken place, but we mm-hmm. don't know that's what's going on. Like, that was a good moment, like, foreshadowing what was to come. Yeah. Yes. Let's talk about Missy and Chris. So Missy is a hypnotherapist, and Chris smokes. Mm. And so Missy, you know, out of the kindness in her heart, is like, let me help you quit smoking, basically. Yeah. I was like, "Mm mm-mm, don't do it. Nope. So let's talk about Chris getting hypnotized and the sunken place. That was creepy. Um, because mm. it just he just sat down, she just started talking to him. And a part of me feels like when I went back and watched, like, did he drink anything? Did she put anything in his you know to like get him to actually fall into that trap? Or is it just the fact that she can actually sit there and just just by talking, which is scary. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So she's, she's good you know, at her job. Apparently. Mm. I don't want to talk to ass in real life. I saw that ass in real life. The girl, don't talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> don't even shake my hand. But yeah, but when you stop and look back at it, maybe that's why they wanted him to quit smoking. Take care of that body. 
Oh, of course. Mm-hmm. Oh, of course. Because mm-hmm. the, the 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 black body is precious, but is it really precious? Mm-hmm. Like, why are you why are you poisoning poisoning our body? You know, I need we need you prime and ready. Mm-hmm. Ugh, that just the movie unnerves me, y'all. I gotta excuse me. That's why I just it's even in the, in the second or third viewing, I'm still unnerved by it. It's it's just and I try not to watch it ad nauseum like some people do to study it and everything because mm-hmm. I don't want to take away the lore of the movie. Um, right. But the sunken place, I do know that um, a lot of people took sunken place to mean that you know they took it and ran with it for pop culture references and stuff like that, saying like you know, oh you stuck in the sunken place because you are sympathetic to the white cause or you are. You know, Uncle Tom or something like that. And Jordan Peele recently said in a class that's taught by famed African-American horror novelist Tananarive Du, where um, pretty much he said that the sunken place was like a representation of being trapped. Like in the, I, I forgot the exact words he said, but I know it was something where it was not that what people are making it out to be, you know, when they just sit there and just say, you know, oh, let me take a picture of you because you... You you in the second place. It was way deeper than that, you know. Mm-hmm. So, and I wish I could find it. As a matter of fact, I'm gonna find a quote if somebody else wants to, because yeah. this happened recently. Um, this this you know, talk. Yeah, because one of the things he also said was um, that the second place was 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 symbolizing the marginalization of people of color. You know, so no matter how hard you know we scream, no matter how much we try to cry out, the system silences us. That's exactly what it was. That's what I was yeah. trying to get to, Legionnaire. Thank yeah. you. That's exactly what mm-hmm. you said. I like yeah. it. Teamwork makes the dream work. Make, it does. I like it. it. Let's talk about the Armitage's get-together. So that's mm. where we meet Logan. And uh, he's dating a, a much older white woman. You know, all these couples, these white couples are around. Everyone seems mm. really interested in Chris. Um, is, is it true what they say? And all that Mm. kind of stuff. And uh, this is when Chris ends up snapping a picture of Logan to send to his friend, Rod. And things go crazy. Because the Flash causes Logan to snap out of what ended up happening to him. And he yells at Chris to get out. Mm-hmm. Would you have gotten out? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it would have been time to go. Mm-hmm. That would have so been like, let's get them keys and go right now. <laughs> we have to go. <laughs> I can't. I can't even, you know, bother with this. Um, I just need to go because clearly this fool, because he went from being, you know, Posh and you know, just chapper little, you know, yeah. very Victoria dude. Beckham, exactly. And went to Scary Spice. He went, went from Posh spice. spice to Scary Spice. He went to he went to being equivocally woke. Get out, he said. Get the. And it's funny because when I couldn't exactly hear what he said to him went during the theater because folks started laughing or like started screaming and stuff. But um, he said, get the fuck out of here, man. I'm like, 
I like that was the soul coming back and saying, like, you know, look, um, you got to get up out of here, man. And it just seemed like you said get out, but it's like, can you take me with you? <laughs> right. Like, get me out of here, man. They trying to kill. I just did say something to get out. But I guess it was like the um the person fighting control with him why he couldn't get certain words out and stuff like that. All he could sit there and say was get out, get the fuck right, out and stuff was- like that. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, it's explained it was, it was away. Yeah, it was really bizarre, and it's and it's explained away very easily. Oh, we just had a seizure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to to appease um Chris, but everybody right. else, everybody else that knew like all the procedures not. It's glitching. It's glitching. Which, if I was, I hate to sit there and equate myself to. Um, I don't want to sit there. Sometimes when people are all, but Aww, if, are you trying um, to find some love for the Armitage? Yeah. Hell no. Um, I'm talking about the people who have to sit there and pay for their service. Oh, I'm okay. sitting there, the, 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 the buyers, because I'm sitting like, oh, like, I better get a discount. <laughs> See what I'm saying? Like, because he, Wait a minute, this ain't, this ain't perfect. Yeah, exactly. He glitching. Like, I ain't, no, you said this like I can't have him in public. Because think about it. Like, are you not going to, but then again, I guess some of these people don't go to public events, which is kind of crazy. Can you think about, like, now, Y'all seem like y'all the type of the ladies who lunch and like, you know, y'all might want to go on vacation somewhere. So what y'all going to do is get in good lighting and take a picture at the snap or something like that. What's mm-hmm. about to ask for your picture in a, um, for a magazine or something like that? You know, they snap your photo. They will have to use a flash. So it's like y'all need to get that taken care of, like for real, for real. Hashtag no but filter. No filter. Mm. So that's right. why I think it goes back to my whole point. That I think the Armitages um, were a little too bold. And they didn't realize how that their product was not as perfect as they made it seem to be. Even though for a black person, what they were doing is just scary enough to sit there and probably, you know, want to run out the woods screaming bloody murder. But, no. <laughs> okay. So, uh, let's head on over to uh, the slave auction. I mean, um, let's play bingo. No, you said it right the first time. I know, right? <laughs> that what it was. That scene was so disturbing. Yes. They got a picture of Chris and they're bidding. Right. Exactly. And it was it was ingenious because it certainly it certainly took you in one direction and still you didn't and you still don't know what's really going on. Exactly. Because even there, it's like it's taking you someplace where you just don't expect it once once you get the real story. So I thought it was it was genius. I thought it was really genius how that how that played out. Yeah, because even at that point in the movie, we still don't know that it's the people basically getting their brain placed into this new host. We're still sort right. of thinking like, okay, so is this some sort of form of slavery in in like a physical sense like are they turning all of the black people that they run into into like docile you know yes Mm -hmm. ma'am yes some like people is that what's going on so it's already creepy in and of itself but like after you know what's going on like it like the creep factor like ratches up to like extreme Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely, and I thought it was kind of telling that the one person who was not f- there for the bullshit was the blind man, the blind art, the blind art dealer, and for him to be the one to win, quote mm-hmm. unquote, 
Chris, what at that point in time, what what is he winning Chris for? Is he getting? Because another thing, again, I was just, and that's probably going, it's probably telling of me personally. I thought the man was going to sit there because he was the only one who noticed that you know everybody there was just saying the most dumbass bullshit about like, so it's true down there, you know, black mm-hmm. saying. Mm-hmm. What right. is the what is the uh, how is, does it feel to be a black man, an African American in America, and it's an advantage or it's a disadvantage? You know, and he was like, right. "I'm not here for all of that bullshit." And he kind of right. kept and up with it to the end. You know what I'm saying? So he wanted to yeah, know so it was real was, down there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he was. Fine. I thought it was interesting. I thought it was interesting how all the other, uh, you know, because all throughout the party, people are like asking him all these really you know, underlying offensive questions, you know, finding out about him, you know, all because of his race. But then by the time he starts having the conversation with the blind guy, he's actually doing the same thing, but his questions don't have anything to do with race. He's just trying to find out about Chris's eye, you know, even though he's doing basically the same thing everybody else is doing and trying to find out about this, you know, this new prize that they could win, he was coming in a totally, he was coming at it from a totally different direction. So, and the audience is, is kind of thrown off guard a little bit. So, cause he's, he's not coming off as assholy as all the other white folks at the party. Yeah. Uh, Mark, you there. were rooting for him. Legionnaire wasn't. What? No, I, I mean, I wasn't like, I'm, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Legionnaire. No, cause they were, they were clearly admiring the fact that he was black, but exactly. he was uh, he was admiring the fact that he was an artist exactly. and he could see. He, and he, well, not just that he could see, but because he he was aware of him being a photographer and and you know he wanted to have that eye. You know, I mean, he beyond just being able to see again, he wanted to be able to have that appreciation and and that mm-hmm. skill that he has as a photographer. So it, it it changed a little bit when he started asking questions, and you don't. And so that way he's not coming off even as menacing as the other folks at the party. Yes. That's the, that's the, that's the thing. It just, it was a red herring mm-hmm. <laughs> because I was expecting again, gullible Mark. I was expecting for him to quote unquote win Chris. And then when everything went to hell, he's going to be the one to actually sit there and probably save him and, yeah, and whatever. And he comes out. No, I'm not blind. Like, but again, but that's how they pushed. That's how they pushed it. And I would have thought, and I kind of thought the same thing. Yeah. You know, he would have won the auction. It's like, okay, yeah, I, I, I see what's really happening. But this is this is the only way that I'm really going to be able to help you is by mm. winning this auction. And then when things really go to hell, then you know I can be the one that can figure out how to set you free, even though I'm blind. Y'all yeah, thought he I, was. Y'all thought he was the Bette Midler in the Stepford Wives mm. remake. <laughs> I still didn't see that remake all the way through, so I, I, thought, I thought she was the first person to get her ass um, zapped. Anyway. Oh, she, she did get zapped at one point, yeah. Okay, well, I just knew that it was just how they even did it, because you had to sit there again. Every time I watched the movie and I sit there and think about it, I have to sit there and think, now, how did y'all pull this shit off previously? Mm. Because what if Chris was like, they were like, we should do this thing right here. And Chris was like, okay, I guess I stand here and get shots of this. Oh, well, no, you go and do this and that. Well, no, I don't know. How did we get him away from the damn auction? You know what I'm saying? It's just like, right. they were so bold. And the smug look on all their faces when they were doing the, especially um, Bradley Whitford. Whitford's face. It's just like, I just wanted to punch him. It was like, because you did this. And, and then 
the son, um, they were just the two and the, the all three of Jeremy and all they were just so smug and like, yeah, we we can do we can get away with anything and that it, it just exasperated the whole issue with a certain you know population of the but certain people the white population like they can get away with anything and so go ahead go ahead no i'm gonna say because for the most part i mean after three attempts they had yeah they never met annalise keating oh i don't know (laughs) i don't think annalise probably even sat there she was like um i don't know y'all like that i'm not gonna come to y'all's house you know saying she would have they would be that gif of her um Picking up the purse and getting out the chair. She'd have been like, "Okay, this bitch look crazy. Let me get my ass back on my damn. I got it. I can get myself back." And she knew who the Allison knew who the well not Allison but um, Rose knew who to pick because it seemed like none of them. She drove him out there. Trust to believe, I'd have been a hard sale because I'm like, no, let me drive my car out there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because mm. I'm not sitting to let you drive me, but all he had was a state ID. He, 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 he purposely said, I have a state ID. I don't have a license, but I have a state ID, which is let everybody know that he was not licensed to drive. Mm. He might could drive, but he didn't have, a, he didn't have the ales to have his own vehicle and stuff like that, which means <laughs> that he was already pre-fucked. So... That's why he killed. He was relying on her to get the keys, and that's. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sorry, getting ahead of myself, but that 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 whole scene of them auctioning him off and being silent—it was a really a silent auction, a really warped silent auction—and it just seemed like weird. And it seemed like weird. it was weird. And she was out there with him, keeping him away from the place. And it just seemed like by the time they made it back, it was convenience mm-hmm. and you had that one white guy like nice to meet you Chris <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like dude should have get the car you know what I'm saying like and then to see if I would have been Chris walking back up to the house and seeing Georgina and Walsh the way they were looking that would have took me all the way out I'm like Rose <laughs> I love you but we need to get a hotel tonight I cannot stay in this house one more day with these people, especially after um, um, Georgina had that whole, you know, talk with him, and then talking to right. Walter, they did more than like, uh-uh, we need to stay in a hotel tonight, like, for real, for real. Like, go get your car. <laughs> and she was like, okay, let's, well, she was. She was like, okay, I think mm-hmm. I'm my keys. I'm like, that's not an Uber out here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about the plan starting to unravel. Because uh, Logan is identified by Rod as a missing person by the name of Andre. Then Chris ends up finding uh, evidence that Rose had been in relationships with other black people. He, he, He wasn't her first. And those other black people include Andre, Walter, and Georgina. Mm, right. And this you were scene, rooting for Rose, Mark. Well, up until that point, that's when everything started to get a little wonky. And that's went from... Not even like, the donuts could save her? No, no. Because I honestly got thought that one or two things happened. I said, okay, because the thing when I watched the movie, that particular scene that bothered me was who opened up that closet for him to find those pictures. Again, this goes back to the whole... They are just too smug about what they're doing. I know they're trying to play with him, but they play with his like mentally um, 
screw with him, but it's like, don't do that. Because what if somebody comes up there and they are ready for whatever goes down? You know what I'm saying? And, mm-hmm. y'all, you know, because y'all were just so sure because somebody could have came in there and killed all of y'all. And y'all, and they probably didn't know that there was something mess was going on. You know what I'm saying? Like, and so I kind of feel like it goes back to the whole thing about Georgina being the strongest. I felt like she probably opened up that door. Mm-hmm. to give him a clue about what's going on and the fact that the, oh, let me go back a little bit further the fact that Rail called back immediately um, was like yeah that's Dre I'm like now that's the that's the price you can have at your side because he was aware of everything and again that's the whole thing like what happens if you find somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody you know what I'm saying and y'all Mm-hmm. It just y'all's plan's gonna unravel soon and I know y'all was trying to like you know cause she was sloppy but <laughs> the reason why I was, yes. um, she was very sloppy because the reason why I was still rooting for her though was because Mm-mm. I honestly got thought that she was um, hypnotized, hip- hypnotized too. There's a deleted scene where she said her mom hypnotized her when she was a young kid. So you will love the black dick and the black pussy. <laughs> she put the fear of Kyle, um, 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 Chris Jenner and her daughter. The, look, Missy was like, Missy, I'm telling you, look, Missy was Chris Jenner. That's who she was. Missy yeah. was Chris Jenner and told Rose, like, look, you got to Rose was the uh, Caitlin. You, really? No, I'm you teasing. Just, okay, because I'm like, no. <laughs> Rose was Kim. She was Kim or Chloe. You better, you better go, <laughs> you better go make that sex tape. Yeah, because, who was, who was, was it Courtney the one who, I don't know. I don't keep with the Kardashians. All I'm trying to say is, you know is more that, than I thought. What? You're naming names like you know them. My mom watches Kardashians. <laughs> oh, okay. That's why I was about to ask y'all. Okay. That's why I was about to ask y'all if y'all knew who was who because I know one of them married Scott, the guy who's. An I think asshole. that's Courtney. Okay, so I, I hit it right the first time. Kim Rose is Kim or Chloe. That's who she is. Oh, and so okay. she knew who to pull with the you know the good good. And Wait, so Rose's father is OJ? Mm. Yeah. The black, yeah. The black D. Hey, who's the sister? I don't know. Let me stop. But the bottom line is, I thought that Rose was going to be, um, I don't say possessed, I mean, she's going to be hypnotized. And that she was going to be, you know, but as you see at the end of the movie, that no, she's fully aware. And she's fully batshit. Fully mm. crazy. And But you got to <laughs> ask yourself, though, has she always been like that? Because you, you didn't see any inkling of... Jeremy bringing home anybody black. You know what I'm saying? It was all on Rose. And I guess that says something about how... Who would want Jeremy? True. <laughs> true. True. I mean, uh, I get let's that. be honest. I'll give you that. But it's like you... But it just seemed like... But I guess the, they could have cast anybody in their role. They cast Caleb Landry Jones, which is kind of like telling. Like Rose is like... She represents that... The, the, the true snow bunny. And I'm saying it. Um, oh, look at you knowing kinky terms. I'm just saying she's a snow bunny. Like, you know, everybody's like, she's like the quintessential white girl that some black men would go for. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's what Jordan Peele was trying to get at. It was like, yeah, we could have had the son bring home somebody black, though, but like you said, like a, a white man dating a black woman is not as you know it's not taboo. the fear it's not as taboo as the black man dating a white girl it's so sad you know that in 2017 it's still taboo 
It is. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a yeah. meme flying around saying, like, this is what happens when black penis goes inside your white girls. I know. It, it, destroys it. <laughs> it destroys it. It destroys it. destroys your vagine. Mm-hmm. Destroys the vagine. And it was like, you had to sit and decide, okay, this, was this made as a joke? Or was this being like, was somebody really serious about this graphic? I don't know. I don't want to say I was gullible. I just feel like, I, and that's, again, I wanted somebody to be in his corner at that point in time. Because his phone was dead. Rail is nowhere to be found in terms of, like, he didn't know where Chris was. And I'm like, how can I get this man an address to where you're going? But he had, he was blind on his um trust. On Rose. On his trust of Rose. Thank you. Mm-hmm. But when that phone still had some juice, I would have been texting him, like, yeah, I'm at this location. You know, so, I mean... They have to be registered somewhere. So, anyway, if I go anywhere, somebody's going to have an address of where I'm at. I don't care if it's me going to Atlanta, me going to Nashville, me going to New Orleans, Mexico, anywhere. I'm going to give you an address to where I'm at so you know if something pops off where to come find me. You know, so that's why I was like, he has no help at this point in time, which goes into something that happens later in the movie though but it's like at that point in time I was like I need somebody in his corner at this location as of right now Legionnaire Detective LaToya go Detective LaToya she just she gave me everything <laughs> I loved her and a piece of trivia her actual her last name in the script was Peel really oh yep I would have thought That's Jackson hard. so I was like oh all right, come on through, Maxine Shaw. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but that whole scene where she was uh, listening to his story and, and just humoring him was just it was it was it was hilarious. It was it was comedy gold. So she she still got it, even when she brought in the other two detectives and let them hear the story. And she's like, "See, don't don't ever tell me tell me that I didn't do nothing for y'all. I let y'all listen to this crazy shit." I was probably one of the few people who were, I was kind of, it was funny, but at that point in time, I was like, no, I need y'all to really, really, really listen to what this man is saying, <laughs> because I guess I got too caught up into the horror element of the movie, and we just needed a big <laughs> laugh moment, and I'd sit there, because I'm not going to laugh to watch it again last night, I'm like... I don't want to. I want to fast forward through that whole entire scene because it irked me. When I first saw the movie, I was irked. I was like, "Yeah, it's crazy, but don't laugh him after." Because I said, at that point in time, he has no help. <laughs> he mm-hmm. has no backup. But it right. was. I was glad to see Erica Alexander doing something else, and that Jordan Peele either gave her or you know gave her this shot or gave her the scene. And I like the line she said. He's like, um, yes, ma'am. He said, oh, don't you say it. She said it so smooth. Don't call me ma'am or we're not going to get along. <laughs> <laughs> she said, so how can I help you? <laughs> she just yes, said it right. Quick. Just do that real quick. Like, don't call me ma'am or we're not going to get along. <laughs> so, yeah, I loved it. I loved it after the fact. But after the first scene in the movie, I'm like, yo, fuck all three of y'all. <laughs> but oh, well, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, the first time it's like, okay, look, you know, you need some help. Y'all need to be taking this seriously. And in the moment of the movie, yeah, it was pretty annoying that they were not taking them seriously. But uh, but yeah, but it was like I said. But like you said, it was definitely good to see her in yet another role. I mean, I definitely had seen her on a few things here and there, so that was a nice surprise to have her pop up. Was she on Queen Sugar recently too? 
She was. She was on Cream Sugar. Mm-hmm. She played. Yeah. She was. She was Hollywood's ex-wife. Okay, I know she was in there. I'm like, oh look at Erica, two roles, two big roles in one year. I'm like, I'm happy for her because I miss mm-hmm. her. I miss her face on TV. I really do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All yeah. we need now is that rumored living single uh, continuation. They need to do that. I swear to God, because I get tired of seeing TK. Um, what's his name? Carson. Uh, Carson. Oh, doing... TC Carlton. Yeah, doing commercials and stuff. Like, nobody knows who the hell he is. Oh, we don't get those down here. Oh, I saw... It was a, it was a national ad for a uh, Christmas ad where he was one of the carolers for um, J.C. Penney's or Macy's, something like that. I'm like, uh, yeah, oh, that's wow. T.K. Carlson. How do y'all... Do? <laughs> right, I was like, come on, brother. Surely there's more work out for you than that. And, and he's a good actor. I just was so... Right, crazy. exactly. That's why I was like, a little disappointing. And also, I'm not against that, but I just, I just see, well, it's glad to see her on screen, and mm. hopefully, this Jordan Peele keeps her in mind for other projects and stuff. So we end up finding out the twist. It's basically Stepford Wives with the twist. We sort of discussed it already a little bit, but basically, what they're doing is they are basically the white people end up becoming a parasite the the white people's brains end up becoming a parasite into the black people's bodies a large chunk of uh, their brain is transplanted into the bodies of younger black people older white people into younger black people and uh there's like a teeny tiny bit of uh, their the original host's brain left that is doomed to be in uh, the sunken place and so uh, chris ends up you know getting prepped for surgery the um the blind art dealer ends up winning the bid and chris is getting like all of this like um hypno stuff on the screen and and commands and that kind of stuff that are supposed Mm to uh, basically render him unconscious but he ends up picking the cotton from the chair and stuffing it in his ears and uh, that allows him to sort of like dull out the command so he doesn't fall basically Mm. The yeah, whole... that symbolism. Though, I right? know the symbol. Exactly. I was about to say that. Exactly. Picking, pick, picking cotton. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Stay woke, awesome. baby creep. <laughs> and then the amazing stuff happens because Jeremy yeah. ends up sauntering in to take him to surgery, but Jeremy ain't gonna saunter no more. Mm-mm. And I know. Mark, that you wanted him to have backup, but Chris don't need no backup. Apparently, he does. Uh, like, he watches. Okay. He watches Agent Carter because Agent Carter, Peggy Carter, will grab anything that's in the room and use it as a weapon, and that's what Chris basically does. He, what was it? Um, the the deer. The it was a deer, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, the deer yeah. ram it through the papa. I mean, it was just. It was fantastic. It was amazing. He ends up in the whole, you know, melee, like killing uh, Jeremy, Dean, and Missy. 
and uh, while he's driving away, he ends up hitting Georgina. And uh, why does he have to be a nice person? Because it was a, it was because um, that's what um, Jordan Peele also said in the deleted scene, uh, deleted the absent ending. His, his mother was the victim of a uh, hit and run. Exactly. Yes. No, and but he, he also him. has empathy. I forgot to mention this when we were discussing uh, when the police stopped them. But um, Chris goes, and when he looks at the deer, like you could see him empathizing with the deer, mm-hmm. and Rose didn't. Right. And they, that was, and they said that was very purposeful. Yes. To show her, to, to show her lack of empathy. But would you say that's not also the fact that, you know, somebody being, because that's how it's. Oh, my God. Are you really wishing that Rose was hypnotized? What? <laughs> you feel for that white girl? No, I was talking about his mother. You were talking oh, about the, um, the. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Oh, I thought you were I talking said, about Rose. About the, how his mother, you know, was laid out. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, she, yeah. Was, she was killed and she was left like a deer on the side of the road. Mm-hmm. And that's probably where this empathy came from. Oh, okay. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Now because, I see you correlating um, with the mother and the deer. Okay. Yeah, because um, nobody cares about deer. <laughs> you know, they hit a deer. You, you drive down. Oh, no, you're oh, a rose. You don't care? Oh, my God. Legionnaire just mm-hmm. don't Rose just doesn't care about the deer. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm she saying is. that. You don't care about the deer. No, nobody cares about the deer. I'm just saying no. that's how people treat deer when they get hit. It's like, okay, oh my god, I hit a deer. I'm gonna keep trucking. Now around here it's a law against it. You have to call mm-hmm. it in. Right. But uh, which is what they did when they hit when the deer got hit, uh, they called it in. But it's where a guy like somebody threw that deer in front of that goddamn car. But it <laughs> It was Rose. It, she got some super she got some super damn powers then hell. She said can drive a car and throw a deer at the time throw a deer at the same time. Yes. Well, but I just felt like that's the reason why he stopped for Georgina because it was like a recurrence of what happened. Mm-hmm. And, you yeah, know, but still. Yeah, I mean, I because see, she was a lost cause at that point. Yeah. And she was like, you've messed up my hair. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I forgot to mention this no, when we were dude. talking about it. Did you all notice that Walter never took his hat off? Mm-hmm. And Georgina, and Georgina, Georgina kept on, yeah, Logan as well, and Georgina kept on fixing her hair, uh, probably mm-hmm. to hide the lobotomy scars or whatever you want to call it, the brain surgery scars. Did y'all see him at the end? Because you could clearly see him at the end of the movie. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So that's what I was like, girl. At that point in time, like, yo, Georgina, bye bye. We try to help you. You try to you you whatever piece of you was still left. I'm sorry, it's not enough. Like Jeff said. Chris don't need nobody to save him because, but it's kind of gets to the point where when you push a black man in the cage like that, he's going to fight back. You know what I'm saying? And that became a moment of survival. But he sat there and put that cotton in his ear. The next thing he did, it was, it's kind of like a video game to a certain extent. It was like he looked at the cotton, he put in his ear, he took out Jeremy, he looked at the deer, um, the masthead on the wall, he used that as a weapon to take out, you know, I forget his name, Mitch or something like that. Dean. Then he went up, Dean, whatever that fool name is. Then he went upstairs. He noticed the the cup. Actually, Missy was sitting. One of Missy, but um, Georgina was standing there. He didn't do nothing to her. But then he went saw Missy, and he went straight for the cup because anybody else probably tried went for her. She probably could have picked up the cup and went tap tap, and he'd been done. I know, right? And mm-hmm. so, because nobody else would have thought about that, he was like, "No, it's that cup. I'm gonna throw this cup away." 
and I'm finna mess. And then she took the um, letterhead, and he was running on pure adrenaline. Then she stabbed him in his hand. He did not flinch. Mm-mm. He didn't flinch. He didn't yell. He just sat there and shoved his hand further in the thing. Like I'm finna stab you with this thing myself because y'all <laughs> have went. It just was awesome how he got out of there. You done then... mess with the wrong bitch. Exactly. <laughs> y'all, y'all up here doing the most. Mm-mm. Doing the most, and I'm gonna give y'all the most. How about no, that? you know who was doing the most? Georgina in the car. Yeah, but she's like, you messed up my hair. I'm like, are you serious? No, she said messed up her, her house. Her house? Oh, yeah. I thought she said hair. I thought I'm like, you uh, messed up my hair. Because she kept playing with her hair throughout the entire movie. You well, know no, that's because she kept on hiding the scar. Making oh, sure okay. the scar wasn't visible. But no, because remember, by that time, the house was on fire. Yeah, that's true. And that's true, because that, that is the grandparents' house. They built the house mm-hmm. to scratch up. You and I forgot all about, um, we forget to talk about Rose in Terminator mode. Well, what was it? What's the Terminator for Terminator 3? She, the, the, the Christina Lock and Terminator. Oh yeah, she was, she was good. Man. Complete stoic. Like I'm like, mm-hmm. and she was. And so when Rail sat there, was like, you know, this bitch is lying. I'm gonna get here after record her ass. And how she flipped the script real quick. Mm-hmm. I was like, this bitch. And then this half had that desk upstairs watching. Um, I forgot what she was. She was searching for NCAA prospects, drinking milk and eating mm. Fruit Loops mm, while listening can't to the soundtrack. Because <laughs> you can't have uh, the white mixing in with the coloreds. Oh, I'm so sick of you, Jeff. That was awesome. <laughs> that that was one of the Easter eggs that I read. Really? Mm. Yeah, you oh can't have, God. you know, you can't mix them. Oh, my God. And there was also, a, then there's also another little connection you notice how Missy used her silver spoon to control the black folks? Oh. Symbol of white privilege. Oh, mind blown, mind blown, mind blown, mind blown. I, I caught myself reading up on um, Get Out, but I see you. I, I swear to God, just send me all the shit that you read. I, I, stay well. I told you. I, I watched this movie, I'm telling you, after I got the DVD, we had like viewings at home. I watched it on my own at home. I was like, that that movie gave me everything. I call myself because see the thing. I try not to watch it over and over again because a friend of mine once said something great. He said his favorite movie. He never watches over and over again. He watches it like whenever he needs to watch it because he said it it it, it screws up the enjoyment factor for him. And I'm like, you know what? I never thought of that because certain movies that I used to watch over and over again as a kid, I don't I don't watch it fully. As an adult, I might get to like the middle of it and cut it off, but I don't sit there and watch it again. But I noticed that movies that intrigue me as an adult, I watch them every blue moon. You know what I'm saying? So, but that's interesting. But the fact that she was looking up NCAA prospects, listening to the Dirty Dancing soundtrack, everybody in the theater was cackling, howling. Mm-hmm. There's another Easter egg. One of the images is uh, Keegan Michael Key. Yeah, and I'm like, he's too damn old to be a damn NCAA <laughs> Well, he, you know, Peel wanted to, like, put Key in, you know, because Key and Is that going to be his, um, Alfred Hitchcock-like thing? Like, he going to keep putting Key into L? No, his movie. Alfred Hitchcock thing was, he was the voice of the United Negro College Fund. Right. What? A mind is a terrible thing to waste. That was Peel. 
doing his um, Morgan Freeman impression from uh, Wait, where Mad from? TV. Where was it at? Was it when Rail was watching TV or something? I think um, they, it was when Rail was watching TV. I think you could hear it, but um, yeah. wasn't it also... Um, it was when Rail was watching TV. I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to remember what was... Sh- no, because what was shown on the TV um, to Chris was the grandfather talking, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was when Ro was had the TV on and you could hear it in the background. Mm-hmm. Okay, I didn't pay attention to that, to be honest with you. But okay, I'm, I'm okay. Y'all make me feel bad right now, but okay. <laughs> oh, and peel was the sound of the deer, um, the the noise that the deer makes when um, they crash into it. Oh, Oof. okay. Yeah, that's one I didn't know. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go watch this commentary and read this damn article. Y'all make me feel all types of incapabulated right now. <laughs> oh my yeah. god! So okay. let's talk about the ending because the ending is a happy one. So uh, you mentioned her Rose gets all Terminator three thousand or whatever the hell it was, and uh, you know it looks like she's ready to take out. Chris, like they're fighting each other and everything, and then all of a sudden the police arrives, mm-hmm. and Rose does her whole, you know, I'm attacked. It's a scary black man. Help me, please. And it's fucking. His name is not Rail in the movie. Why'd you call him Rod? Rod, because you keep on calling him Rail. Well, you should have said Mark. His name is Rod. I know. <laughs> you sat there, let it continue on. That's, oh my god. Yes. So, um, Rod, or it's Rod that arrives, and the bitch gets taken out. She actually dies on her own. Hmm. She actually dies on her own. He don't do that. She just sat there and dies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the reason why I love this movie so much. It's because it shows you that black people are not, don't have to be, rather, tropes in horror movies. They are very resourceful. Mm -hmm. They're very smart. I mean, we can get ourselves out of situations. It's not like, okay, you black, that means you're going to have to, like, die within, like, first five minutes of the movie or something like that. Mm -hmm. Just look at uh, Dwayne Martin in uh, Scream 2. Look at Jada Pinkett Smith in Demon Knight. She was the oh, yes. standing woman in that whole entire mm. damn Demon You love you some Demon Knight. I do I too. I love it to death <laughs> because that was the first time I saw a black woman make it out of a horror movie. I know. And Even though she had the Cisco hair. She had Cisco hair. But Maybe that's where that Cisco got the idea for it. I hope he did because it don't work for everybody. But um, <laughs> and also Roger from Night of the Demons. Now Roger from Night of the Demons was just like these motherfucking demons are not gonna get me. I'm running. Okay. I'm not just in here to talk with them. I've only and seen so, Night of the Demons too. You have to see the first one. That's the best one out of all four of them. Mm. Um, Night of the Demons two became a comedy. It became a comedy after. Well, all I know like, is there was a lot of sex, and I was surprised by it. Oh well, you gotta see part one. Night of the Demons one. I'm sure it's, it's on it's on not Netflix it's on YouTube somewhere. But so seeing Chris remember this 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 motherfucker's on me. Let me snap his ass out. And so he sat there, rest for his phone, and well, rest for the phone, and just snapped the picture. And oh so yes. Out. And then so he turned around. He said, "No, let me do." It. <laughs> so he told. And she's like, he like, oh, can I do it? And then so the girl sitting there thinking like, okay, because she's not thinking. Because, again, she's too smug to think right now. Yeah, and so Rose. he sit there and um blows her damn chest out and kills himself. Kabam. Yeah. And, again, so when those sirens 
when this siren started to roll, oh, everybody no. in the theater was like, "Oh, oh shit!" I mean, black and white folks, they were like, "Oh fuck!" Because they all knew what was going to He's going to get the blame. He's going to get the blame on all this, and so even he when they he ain't coming up, with those right, big ass donuts. <laughs> so when so when Rod stepped out the car, everybody in the theater started screaming and yelling and cheering and stuff like that. And so because we were like, "Thank the Lord." <laughs> Ain't nobody and, else gonna believe this shit. Nobody, nobody. Right, exactly. Because you've got a house burnt down with three bodies in it. Right. You've got four. well, Georgina's. Wait, Georgina's. Oh, four because no, of the the art right. dealer. Yeah. He oh he didn't even know what the hell's coming. Yeah. Right. Right. You got right. So you got six dead people. <laughs> yeah, four in the house. You've got Georgina dead. You've got, um, you've Walter, got dead. Walter dead, and, and you've got Rose dead. shot. Mm-hmm. And she, if they had to get, she probably would have died by the time the ambulances got there anyway. Though, but here's the thing: all those people at that party, she probably would have died witness. anyway. Yeah, she would have died anyway. And all those yeah. people at the party. That oh, was and there they could have all, day, you know, corroborated like, exactly. oh, he was a maniac. Exactly. Exactly, and they because it was his word against theirs, and they had no pictures. Because keep in mind, nobody took any pictures at this party, and so I just felt like it's this say like this the way Jordan Peele wrote it, it should have went that way. I mean, should have. Mm-hmm. It just seemed like that's how that's where it was leading to because everything, all the evidence stuff was gone. So it seemed like that would have been the most. Well, I'm not going to say most logical, but it seemed like that's what the ending that was headed towards. So when he switched that ending up, it gave everybody a breath of fresh air. And I guess it empowered a lot of people, too, because especially me, because I was like, finally, we have a black protagonist who is resourceful and got away from the horror. He survived the horror and didn't have to go into another form of horror, which is prison. He just survived it and he's going to move on with his life. Yeah. I hadn't seen this since Demon Knight. So, yeah. Rose is left to bleed out, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was great. The bitch. Yes. <laughs> but, Logan. Thank you. <laughs> mm-hmm. That was a low, low leftover... Uh... Luffy Yeah, he's got to fuck that old lady. Right in the <laughs> pussy. That's right. What, what did Rob say? Sex lady. <laughs> she looked like she was probably a big freak, too. Like, she was just like, I have all types of stuff in my house. And Hashtag BBC. BBC. Mm. She was all for it. She's all about and- that BBC America. But the problem is that just because it's bigger, you don't know you have somebody who probably know how to use it. <laughs> See what I'm saying? Oh, she looks like she could get down. She mm. do. I'm just saying her the, the, her husband probably like he does not know how to use what the fuck he has in his hands right now. Oh, so, yeah, probably not. But she's just so happy to have BBC. So mm. that makes yeah. up for it. So. Bad, bad creep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. Let's check in. And see if Get Out has won any awards. And it has. It better have. <laughs> yeah, it's won a lot of awards and it's been nominated for a lot. So over at the MTV Movie and TV Awards, as it's called now in, uh, well, 
this year, in 2017. Exactly. It, it won Best Comedic Performance, Lil Rel, Howery, and the Next Generation Award for Daniel Kaluuya. It was also nominated for Best Actor in a Movie for Daniel Kaluuya, Movie of the Year, Best Duo, Daniel Kaluuya and Lil Rel Howery, Best Villain, Allison Williams, and Best Fight Against the System. I really don't know what that means. Some bullshit that came up with. I cannot stand to be in the I hate when they make up an award. It it just sounds so weird. To make it seem cool. Yeah. Yeah. Over at the International Online Cinema Awards, I-N-O-C-A, it won the Halfway Award for Best Original Score, Michael Abels, and it was also nominated Best Picture, Best Actor, Daniel Kaluuya, Best Director, Jordan Peele, Best Original Screenplay, Jordan Peele, Best Film Editing, and Best Ensemble Cast. It's, um, it's been nominated for Hollywood post-alliance award it was nominated at the gotham awards it's nominated for the bingham ray breakthrough director award jordan peele and it's also nominated for the gotham independent film award best feature best actor daniel kaluuya and best screenplay jordan peele over at the golden trailer awards it won the golden trailer for best international poster and it was nominated for in the categories Best Horror, Best Horror TV Spot, Best Thriller TV Spot, and Most Original Poster. And uh, over at the BET Awards, it was nominated for Best Movie. Now, uh, I will say that there are, st- are still several potential awards that this film could be nominated for. There is a lot of buzz for it to be nominated for Oscars. And that would be very surprising, number one, because it's a horror movie, and typically the Academy does not really pay any attention to horror. One of the things that it has in its favor, though, is because the Academy did increase a few years ago its um, nomination count in the Best Picture category from 5 to 10. So that does allow some like really good genre movies to get in in the Best Picture field. Most notably, recently, Mad Max was nominated for Best Picture. And another thing that typically would be a negative for the movie was its release date. Because this was released in the middle of February, and typically movies that are released in February, March, April, even May, I mean, they're sort of overlooked by the Academy, because for the most part, movies that would like to be nominated are released around this time, you know, throughout the rest of the year, the end of the year, I should say. So if it does get any sort of nomination, like, it's pretty impressive, especially because the movie came out in February. And uh, the buzz so far is for Best Picture... Uh, best original screenplay, maybe best director for um, Jordan Peele in the Oscars. Those are kind of the rumors for right now. I mean, nothing's official until the nominations are dropped, I believe, in January. But um, there is a lot of buzz. 
So I guess we'll have to wait and see. I haven't really read much as far as uh, acting nominations, but now that I see uh, Daniel Kaluuya being nominated for the Gotham Award, uh, the Gotham Award is actually a really good um, taste mm-hmm. test for the Oscars. Mm-hmm. I, I noticed that they said, because I remember there was a big thing about this, saying that it was a, 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 a pretty good feat for a horror feature to get a nominee for a Gotham Award. So, But it's like, this is not your typical horror movie. It's a horror movie, but it's not. It's kind of like a lot of people will say Silence of the Lambs is not a horror movie. Let's say that the, the, the movie snobs will say Silence of the Lambs is not a horror movie. It's a psychological thriller. Mm. Because they don't like to sit there and put the, um, the moniker of horror onto it. But it really is a horror movie. And I guess some people could call this a psychological thriller, but it's a horror movie. <laughs> it's a horror movie at the at the base of it. It's a horror movie because mm-hmm. you know people dying and stuff is happening that's horrific, and you have duplicitous and evil people. And I also was gonna say what I was gonna say when you read out the awards is MTV tends to ruin a lot of shit. They spoil a lot of shit because I know a lot of people still have not seen Get Out. So for them to nominate um, to Allison Williams as the villain. It just, like, spoils the whole movie. It's like, it becomes then, like, when is this bitch going to turn evil? You know what I'm saying? When somebody watches mm-hmm. it for the first time now. So it, it takes away their joy. And, yes, y'all can come at me with a movie that's been out. That does not mean because the movie came out in February, here it is, October, that everybody has seen this damn movie. It's some people mm-hmm. who have not seen this movie. And I mean, you love Rose. Huh? And you love Rose. You were rooting for her. No. I was rooting for her at first, but it's again, like I said, people change. I change alongside. Oh, okay. you, you screw me over, I will change right wrong. I will, I will fit. I was, you know, if you screw, if you screw me over, you screw over one of the characters I love. I will change accordingly and want you dead. Oh, okay, <laughs> I, will I like want it. You dead. I will want you dead. So yeah, so she got her just desserts. I like it, and um, it should be made of note as we check on over to the Rotten Tomatoes. This film is 99% certified fresh. It was 100% fresh, but this one dude ended up writing a really bad review of it, and uh, the internet kind of went crazy over this guy because they felt that he only did that just to... uh, drop it down from 100 percent and he probably did and this is why and i want everybody who listens to this to understand you cannot go by rotten tomatoes i'm just saying because it is a piece it's no offense to those who created the site but it's just a piece of shit (laughs) i mean i'm just saying it's just because people will sit there and they would judge a movie based on a Rotten Tomato score and not judge it for themselves. It's like the next level of, you know, critics and stuff like that. And, like, I used to... I remember when... A prime example, I remember Austin Powers came out, the first one. And all the critics were saying how it was raunchy, it was nasty, and nobody wants to see anything about this, and it's not going to do well in the box office. So right. I was like, okay, I'm not going to... I guess I'm not going to watch it. But my brother read it one night, and we sat there and watched it, and I ended up loving it. And that was back when I was like, what... 10, 13, 11, something like that. And I said, I will never again let a critic tell me what to watch. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because if you will miss out on so much stuff. Don't yeah. do I mean, that. At the end of the day, 
go if there's an interest, go see it, form your own opinion. Exactly. That's what's exactly. most important. Because, you know, at the at the end of the day, you're talking about and you're talking about people who view are only submitting their opinion. Exactly. At the end of the day, that's that's it. Now it could be based on, you know, studies of film and everything like that, but filmmakers make movies for an audience and every audience and there is an audience for every movie that's out there no matter how bad it is mm-hmm. so it could it could be awful but if that gem somehow speaks to you then you owe it to yourself to make sure that if there's any interest in it you should see it exactly and on top of that if i'm not mistaken anybody can come in and write a review for a movie they can't they don't have to prove they actually saw it mm-hmm. i think cause exactly. jeff prime example mother People oh, yes. will write reviews about Mother saying, like, you know, I hate J-Law. That's not a fucking reason to sit there and say you hate the movie. Yeah, I love right. Mother. <laughs> and so that's why I say Rotten Tomatoes is shit. And people keep saying, well, and then the, well, if Rotten Tomatoes says it's shit, then it must be No, 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 no. That's not how that works. And <laughs> I just feel like we, you put, there should be an overhaul of how Rotten Tomatoes works. You know, it's like, you know, you should answer some questions, like a, a quiz, to sit there and see if you actually saw the movie. Because it's like, if you didn't see the movie, then you should not have the authority to sit there. I think Apple has it on their um, out, um, iBooks. If you haven't seen, or if you haven't listened to or um, read a book on there, if you, can't, if you haven't purchased it, rather, you can't give a review or something mm. like that. So, yeah, you could read it somewhere else. You could listen to it somewhere else. But if you come to Apple Music, they're like, no, you're the person with us. No, you cannot fucking um, leave a review because it's going to fuck up, you know, R them, you know, yeah. scores like that. So, but yeah, I, 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 Fried Tomatoes probably had a good thing, but just you got people who just out there just to sit there and just shit on stuff like they want to see the world burn. And they go to the person who wrote their one review because they want to be the other. They wanted to be the outsider, mm-hmm. and I wanted, I, or they could have been just like they wanted to be that. And I don't want this movie made by this black man to sit there and get 100% certified fresh. I'm gonna damage that. That's my duty in life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's true. And I yeah. loved Mother exclamation point lowercase M coming to yeah. the horror hotel <laughs> next season. I loved it. I still haven't seen it. Don't, don't shoot me. I'll try not to. All right. And just a little note before we hand out some awards uh, of our own, Jordan Peele has discussed the idea of a Get Out sequel. And uh, Get Out, at least uh, when it originally came out, I remember hearing Jordan Peele in an interview. I think it might have been on... Morning Joe, maybe. I know I, it was somewhere where I, where I heard him getting interviewed about Get Out. He mentioned that this was like the first of potentially a trilogy of what he's calling social horror movies. So mm-hmm. um, there's going to be some more in the future. Well, Tajik mm-hmm. Hall has already given us Get Out of the Closet. <laughs> <laughs> really? I seen that clip. It's, it was it popped up on my uh, Facebook feed again today. It's about King Bosch. Yeah, so you saw it. So you yes. saw. Okay, cool. <laughs> I would go see. I would pay money to go see that. It was made to a full length movie. Don't give him any more ideas, and I'm, him being Todrick. <laughs> oh, shit. I'm 
sorry. That shit was funny as hell. I'm sorry. That was funny. <laughs> well, damn. All right. So let's hand out some of our very own awards. You know, it might not be an Academy Award, but uh, it's close enough. Right, Legionnaire? It is close enough. I know, right? Who was the diva? Mm. <sighs> the diva. That's a hard one. Huh. I think I'm going to I'm going to single out Missy. Yeah, I'll give you that one because she was just, yeah, just cause, rude. Cause she was all about her hip her hypnosis skills. And she seemed very annoyed when and when she came out and had to fix Logan up. She seemed super mm-hmm. annoyed. Yeah. So yeah, she plus she was rude for sitting there just hypnotizing um Chris not even asking. She started talking to him like that, yeah, I'll give her the diva. The orange should do? The orange you knew? I would say Allison Williams, but I'm gonna give it to Betty. Who? Who? who, who I Gabriel. Betty Gabriel. Yeah, who played Regina? Mm-hmm. Because she's iconic. Her facial expression is like iconic right now. So the biggest mm-hmm. douche. Oh. <laughs> oh, Can we just hand out a award for everybody who came to show up at the party? <laughs> right. Uh, but for purposes of conversation, I'm going to say Jeremy. Oh, that's good. Okay. Yeah. I'll say Dean's a close second because that whole, you know, mm-hmm. I would have voted for Obama on third turn. Greatest friends. I'm like, shut the fuck up. That's the that's the most common thing that nervous ass white people say to black people is make them so mm-hmm. like they're, they're, they're with them. Obama was great. How about that Obama? <laughs> the See You Next Tuesday Cunt yeah. Award. Now that goes to a Rose. Yeah. Hmm, yeah. Scream Queen? <laughs> Lakeith Stanfield. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Get out. <laughs> yeah. I like it. That works for me. The Shadiest Moment. Hmm. Oh. Shadiest Moment. Oh, um, Detective, um... <laughs> oh, Latoya. Detective Latoya. Detective Latoya. <laughs> yeah. La- laughing at poor Rod. And then call the other people in and listen in on like y'all, y'all right. did that all ahead concern faces. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That was pretty shady. The kill of the night. Oh, for me the kill of the night was uh, was when he killed uh, when he killed the killed Dean. Oh, that was who, good. Who, who hated deers but then got got yes. deer head. Yes. Karma for that ass. Mm-hmm. That I thought was awesome. Like, oh, look at karma. <laughs> what I'm saying. Come on, girl. <laughs> There's also racial stuff going on with that as well. Yeah. Well, because um, Black Bucks. Oh. And uh, a black man with a buck ends up killing him. Oh. Well. So okay. yes, I think little, that's a reach, but okay. Well, a little <laughs> subtext. Look at Mr. Silver Spoon. <laughs> All what? right. What about the creepiest moment? Whenever Walter and Georgina was on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> the moment when Georgina was like splitting and she was crying, but like mm. that whole scene was very yeah. well done. Mm. Yeah. Especially walking back from the damn forest, they seem looking like just grinning. Like I'm like, girl, stop looking at me like this. Right. <laughs> uh, what are you doing? 
the moment that made you gag. Okay, we mean gag. You mean gag? It's like, yeah, bitch. You mean gag? Like, uh. It's up to you. Oh. Oh. Uh, well, for me, it was the reveal of the real plot. Yeah. I guess for me, to pick back off that, I want to say... <laughs> it was two moments when Lakeith Stanford got snatched at the beginning of the movie, and then when Rail... When we would ride and get out the car at the end of the movie. Because I was sitting there like, yes, bitch. Yes, yes. Because the audience was sure it was the police ready to take our boy to jail. Yeah, the moment that made me gag in not the good way is uh, while everything is going on downstairs, she's like doing her research for the next victim. Mm. Yeah, I give you that. Um, Like, it's just just uh, another night in the Arbenter's house. Right. And this heifer didn't smell the smoke. <laughs> exactly. The most non-politically correct moment. Oh my god. Oh, my so god. The, au- the auction in another set. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I would say that's the, that, was, that was the combination of all of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was going to say that. The, the, the party slash auction. Is it true what they say about down there? How is it? Oh, let me... Let me uh, Filling him up. Yeah. And uh, what was the scariest moment? Scariest moment. Uh, I wanna. I wanna say for for me it was when um when Grandma snapped in the car. Oh yeah, that was good. I for me it's just the whole hypnotism thing because it just happened. You know what I'm saying? It was just like he just sat down and started talking to her, and next thing you know he can't move. That's creepy as fuck. I'm surrounded by white folks all day long. <laughs> I don't need the kind of I don't need the kind of shit going on in my head. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm. I don't know if I want to talk to you. That's that's kind of how I don't talk to people right now at work. Like, especially I if they've got short. spoons. I try to stay away from folks that got spoons. Mm-hmm. Mm. When, I go, when I go to regional meetings and stuff like that, they get to having that little. I look around and see if there's any other black people in there, but if it's not that many, then I try to come up and raise you know. When everything is, when spoons are put down and all the, everybody's mm-hmm. drunk their coffee or tea, whatever it is, I just leave the room, go use the bathroom, come back, and everybody's paying attention. Now the plates and silverware and dishes have been taken away. Mm-hmm. I bullshit y'all not. Wow. What if they had, like, those really good donuts? Uh-uh. See, I don't... <laughs> this is a whole nother conversation because... <laughs> I'm, I'm sometimes scared to take food from certain people. Let's just say it like that. Oh. No, I'm not. When I say certain people, I'm talking about, like, people I don't know that well. And they constantly are trying to get you to eat something of theirs. I'm like, no, because you're doing it the most to eat something that you didn't bought. You know, no, mm-hmm. no, no. Now, if I know you real well and you bring some cookies to something to work, okay, let's let's dish out all these cookies. Though. But if you constantly come in like, Mark, I want you. You come. You burst your way all across the room. I want you to try this. Mm. No, I'm good. I'm good. Put a spell on you. And now I'll be theirs. And then I'll be theirs. Mm-mm. I don't feel like that. All right, Winifred. <laughs> <laughs> well, now it's time to rank the film in our special categories. We've got Screamer, films that are filled with scares. Gutbuster, films that are grotesque. Eye Popper, films that are visually impressive. Gravedigger, films that lack scares and mind blower for overall best in show mark you are up first 
everything on the list except for Grave Digger. <laughs> <laughs> everything on the list except for Grave Digger. So I would give it like a mind blower, a screamer, an eye popper, a gut buster. Because the, the whole scene with them, um, actually they kind of cut, like they do they take their gut buster back because it's kind of like he shied away from a lot of blood. Because I really wanted mm-hmm. to see him crack. Um, Jeremy Scully and his foot. Oh, I really want to see was horrible. Yes, and I mm-hmm. wanted to see Missy get that damn knife. I wanted to see it go in. I wanted to see it like just like just <laughs> yeah. But seeing um, Dean get that buck in his chest, and also um, when Jeremy initially got cracked upside the head with that damn croquet ball, that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But other than that, the movie is just awesome. It's symbolic in where we're going. When in terms of like movies, because I'm a huge horror fan, I'm kind of wanted to talk about like the um, the tropes of. I actually wrote a, a, a blog post saying it's 2017, and people still believe that we don't black people don't survive horror movies because that's like a trope that is old. But so many people believe it that when you bring up instances, I we kind of like 40 some odd black people survived a horror movie, and I'm not talking like they were like throw off cast offs like yeah they survived even off somewhere else no. They made it to the end real. They hit a couple of lines or something like that. And Brandy. Mm-hmm. Brandy, because that bitch, I told her, but she went through so much glass, and I seen her still last summer. I mm. said, you need to play dead. The next time you sit there and go through another thing of glass, play dead. Because she was the true, she rivaled Sarah Michelle Gellar's um, chase scene. She oh, so I much glass, y'all. love Sarah Michelle Gellar's chasing because it's like 40 fucking minutes. Exactly. And the bitch was like, you ain't killing me. <laughs> and my dad watched the movie with the same, the same scene. He said she shouldn't have stopped. He said if it had been him, he would have ran right smack into the goddamn parade into the damn tube or something like that. <laughs> you hmm. know, but, but Brandy survived all that glass. And so when she sat there and when she went through the last pane of glass and she laid there until everything was over with, and she comes out, Julie! <laughs> hmm. I was at there like, yes, Brandy, yes, yes. yes. So The power out. of the braids. The power of the rays, the power of the the, the melanin. That's the power. <laughs> the power of the melanin. <laughs> so it was just the fact that Get Out is getting. It's recently this weekend. Um, Tribeca gave funding to another a black writing duo that's about to write a black vampire story. So our stories in the supernatural are about to be told. Look at Superstition just premiered on Sci-Fi this past weekend. Black people in horror are becoming a thing now and people are going back and are studying black people in horror and the blood of jesus uh-uh no no oh, okay let's get that I, one oh, <laughs> um because i haven't seen it yet though but i know there's a remake of ganja and hess which i discovered after reading about get out you know what i'm saying so it just opened up all these doors about all these movies abby I didn't know there's a damn black exploitation movie called Abby about a black woman who was possessed by a sexual demon. Oh. You know, um, I, I, I need that in my that. life. I, I'll talk about that later because I, I, I can take a whole damn hour talking about that. I haven't seen it yet, though, but I'll try to watch it. But it just get out has opened up all these doors. There's a class being taught in UCLA by Tanner Ravdu who is called a black horror class. So she shows black horror films and assigns black horror short stories written by her and other black authors that have been written since like the, uh, the 1900s. So it, we're, 
we're we're breaking that mold of black people do not survive horror movies or we don't have anything to do with the supernatural. We don't do horror and stuff like that. It's Get Out was the first to really break that mold. I mean, you could say Tales from the Hood did that, but I would swear oh, to God, Tales from the Hood was before his time. And, you know, the black exploitation films were, like, an answer to, like, all these other, you know, like, Dracula, you got Blackula, then you had um, The Exorcist, then you had the Abbey, then you had J.D.'s Revenge and all that stuff like that. But they're, they're hard to find now, you know what I'm saying? Then there was Death by Temptation, but those are all indie movies. But mm-hmm. Get Out was the first studio movie to sit there, well, outside of the Tales from the Hood. And some people, Those well, and some people, voodoo dolls scared the crap out of me as a kid. They still scare me to the day, too. Oh, my God. Mm. I'm going to buy you one. Don't do that. You're not trying to give me a heart attack. I swear to God. Mm. <laughs> but that's why I give it Best in Show um, a mind blower because it is iconic. And I'm sorry if I kept going with all that. But that's just, I want. I wanted to say that. I really wanted to say that. That it's the movie that's going to change, it's just going to change things for us, for black horror in general. Yes, that was about as long as the Sarah Michelle Keller chase scene from I Know What You Did Last Summer. You know what? I'm a mute. I'm, I'm muting myself. It was a good chase, though. Legionnaire, what about you? Um, I give this one an absolute mind-blower for me. It covers all the categories. This was a great movie, and I, I do not mind seeing it yet again. All right, and I am going to give it Mind Blower, overall best in show. I, I feel like that covers it all as well, as much as what uh, Legionnaire stated. I mean, it was just an awesome, amazing, beautifully done film. Um, you know, I'll give it a couple more. Eye Popper, because it was visually impressive, and, and Gut Buster, because... Um, you might not have seen much, but the, the deaths were still spectacular. And for good measure, Screamer. Even though I personally didn't find it terrifying. I mean, it has its moments where it's like really, really creepy. So, um, yeah. So I guess I agree with you, Mark. Oh, cool, cool. Yes. All right. So let's rate the film on our special 1 to 10 hotel room key scale. The point system is loud. I feel like I know the answers to all of this, but um, let's start off with Legionnaire. Um, this one easily gets uh, 10 room keys. Simple and straight to the point. I like it. Mark, mm-hmm. what about you? 10 across the board. All right. And uh, yeah, 10 hotel room keys. I think it's uh, self-explanatory, to be quite honest. Mm-hmm. So... For the final time this season, please drag your bodies away from the ballroom and prepare to check out. Once again, here's one of our bellhops with a few special announcements. Good evening. We thank you for your patronage. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash p c r horror hotel. Follow Panpichulo Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and YouTube. At Panpichulo Radio. For more information on Horror Hotel, visit panpichuloradio.com slash horror hotel. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at panpichuloradio.com. Help support Panpichulo Radio financially by visiting gofundme.com slash panpichuloradio.
Are you interested in joining the Pampichulo radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at panpichuloradio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Panpichulo radio programs by visiting panpichuloradio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through iTunes. Just search for Panpichulo Radio's Horror Hotel and subscribe. We hope you've brought your death certificate. Make final arrangements now. <laughs> Thank you. For the last time, my fellow Horror Hotel team, please wish our hotel guests and the listeners a good night. Mm, Get out. Good night, listeners. <laughs> Stay woke. Baby creep. Thanks for tuning in. You may have checked into the Horror Hotel, but who says you're allowed to check out? Good night, and... Say it, Mark. Get out! Get the hell out! I like it. It's like I was in the movie again. (laughs)